Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I went to my husband. I asked him, I said, I thought Sachi was your daughter. And he said, what you mean? I had the birth certificate in my hand. He snatched and I haven't seen it since. Well, what else did you and your husband discuss about it? This is the plaintiff, Sachi. She says the defendant is her stepmother, and she's suing her for defamation of character because she told the judge her father was not her father. The defendant lied to the judge in an attempt to profit from an inheritance. She's now owed $5,000, and shame on the defendant for what she did. So she's suing. This is the defendant, Betty. She says she saw the plaintiff's birth certificate and the name printed on it as her father was her uncle, not the person who raised the plaintiff. The plaintiff must have shown the judge an altered version of her birth certificate or something. All she knows is she told the truth to the judge and doesn't owe her stepdaughter any of this money. She's accused of fibbing to a judge. All parties, please raise your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is our presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're All right, Ms. Sacha, you are suing your stepmother, Ms. Betty, for $5,000 for defamation of character because, according to you, she made some false statements in court. Tell me what we're talking about here. My father passed away August 4th um, of uh, stage 4 cancer. I'm um, very sorry to hear that. Tell me what we're talking about. What happened here? My father... Uh, she knew that my father was sick and didn't tell me. We had, My father had three daughters. I'm the baby. Um, he had three daughters, which is her daughter. My mom raised her daughter. And my uh, my middle sister and me, I'm the baby. Um, my fa- I, they, Her and my older sister kept, kept it a secret that my father had stage four cancer. So in the end, um, he got sick. He They rushed him through the emergency room because he was in rehab. We just thought it was a, a rod that was in his leg that he was getting fixed. So when they rushed him in emergency, um, I went up there, I rushed up there. When I rushed up there, um, he coded on me when I stayed up there that night. 
And when the doctors came in, they told me that he had stage four cancer. And I looked at her and she said, yeah, he has it. So I didn't have time for him, you know. So I stayed up there till he took his last breath. She wasn't there at all. She left. She went home, did whatever she did. I was up there every night with him. Um, my father left all three daughters on his bank, on his banks. We all split the money. So what she did was she went and got a um a state attorney. What so do you when mean? She gave, an, oh, an estate attorney. A state attorney. Yes, okay. Did he die with a will or without a will? Without a will. And is she legally married to him? Yes. Okay. So what happened was the they told her told her to sign an affidavit with all the heirs. She did that. She put me. Her daughter, which is my sister, Tina, and Dion, my, my sister, that we have the same mother and father. When she did that, all the paperwork came to us and it told us that we would go to have a Zoom like we're doing now with a judge. So when we got into the Zoom call, the judge was just finna just say, okay, well, we'll make Betty over the estate so she can get everything together and split it amongst all the heirs. So I was driving. Wait, I wait, wait. I know the judge didn't say that because that's not what the law is when someone dies without a will. We have to sign a paper. Right. The paper that we had to sign gives her to be over it and to split it amongst all the daughters. I sent you that paper. There is a list of heirs and there is notice to heirs because that's legally required. Where do you get the part about and all of his money gets split among his daughters? Where do you get that part? It's on, it's on, it's on the paper. What's going on with the probate case, Ms. Betty? Well, nothing right now. We have to, I have to go back to court. Did they make Sachi you the executor? Did. Yes. Uh, Ms. Sachi, it's, this isn't the issue in front of me, so I don't have to handle right. it, but you mm -hmm. need to understand that is not the law about what happens when someone dies intestate. If there are things your name is already on, then yes, those go to you because your name is already on them. But if there are things that are just in his name, and he dies without a will directing it to go to his children, it goes to the legal spouse. You need to be prepared mm -hmm. for that, all right? But that's not what's in front of me. What's in front of me is a $5,000 case for defamation of character. So let's talk about that. So when we get in front of the judge, the judge say, it's a problem with your paternity. I said, what you mean? He said, well, uh, Betty, who is George for you? I said, that's my father. He said, well, his wife is stating that that's not your father. He said, I tell you what, can you send me a birth certificate? I faxed over um, the birth certificate over to her lawyer office. My middle and sister where did got you get the birth certificate that you have? My birth certificate, I reordered that in 2008 because a long time ago, when my father was living, she made a statement to my father and told my father that she seen a birth certificate that he was not my father and my father told me told my mom and my mom got upset so what i did because of all this chaos that she has had i ordered my own birth certificate from vital statistics when it came i said dad do you want my birth certificate he said let me tell you something you don't have to prove nothing to me i know who my kids are so what i did when, when i faxed it over to her lawyer the judge looked at it and he told them, it does not look, it has not been altered. I told the judge, I said, I tell you what, let's do a blood test. I'm willing to go as far as that. 
when she got on there, she said the judge. She told the look told the judge that it looked like my last name my last name was altered on my birth certificate. It says George. That has been my father. Where did you? Okay, first of all, Miss Betty, did you tell the judge that that was not her father? Yes, I did. Why? After I got married to George, it was a Bible on the nightstand, and so I was going through the Bible to read the twenty third Psalm, and there was a birth certificate, and it was Sachs. And the father's name was Willie Eve, not George. You mean on the paper, I, according to you? On the birth certificate. You saw the, certificate. the words Willie Eve? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And what did you do with that birth certificate that you claim to have seen? Well, I went to my husband. I asked him, I said, I thought Sachi was your daughter. And he said, what you mean? And I had the birth certificate in my hand. He snatched it. And I haven't seen it since. Well, what else did you and your husband discuss about it? He didn't want to discuss it because I had read it. So... All I can do is get Did a you ever test, bring that know. up with Sashi? No. I told her that I know who her father is, that it wasn't George. Can I, can I say something, Judge? Yeah. L let me say something. I brought this to her after my dad passed, when I tried to get some of my dad's stuff. And I stood in her living room. I said, I know about the what you brought, what you said to my dad. That's why, man, you never got along. I said, that's why I, I never brought my kids around her because I know how she felt about me. Be you know, I don't, I, if my father, if, if she felt that way, then why would you even put on that piece of paper like the judge told her? Why did you lie on that affidavit and say that she was his daughter? Because she had originally listed you as one of the heirs and then yes, in court she told the judge that you weren't. And yes. she, she tells this story about why she thinks you're not. According to you, your father had confronted you about that, so you went and got the birth certificate back in 2008 when he confronted you about that, and that affected your relationship with Miss Betty all this time. Yes, but this how is it, Miss Betty, that Miss Sashi gets a birth certificate from the government that lists George as the dad if George isn't the dad? All I can do is say what I saw. And I know I saw that birth certificate, and I sit there and I read it. Right, and, and then your implication is that he snatches it from you because it's some big secret, except for that we know that he confronts, he talks to her about it, and he tells no, her, I so don't... it's not some secret that he knows. It's it, 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 Like, the story just doesn't make sense. So I'm trying to understand, you know, because you claim to have seen something one day, and it never comes up again. You bring it up in court years later, when it's obviously causing all this pain. But now, Sashi, what are, what are the damages as a result of her saying this? The judge, like, immediately looked at the certificate and said, get on out of here, and, you know, didn't listen to her another second. According to you, he told her, why are you lying, or something like that, right? I couldn't get... I, I, the thing about it is, here's the thing. I was not going to do this. But I was there to my, I, I thought me and her had some type of relationship after my father passed away because I let all that go. But it's like my uncle that she said that was supposed to be my father passed away right after, like a week or two right after you did this and you still bringing it up. All right. I want to ask you a question, Sashi. Sashi, look at me. Who is your father? George. That's it. That's who your father is. 
I don't care who she says your father is. You don't care who she says your father is. Your father don't care who she says your father is. Apparently, the government doesn't care who she claims, what she claims she saw on a piece of paper one day. Nobody cares because your father is your father. Your father knew that. I don't need somebody to tell me who my children are. Your father knew he was your father. The judge knows he was your father. He's your father. And that is that. This can never, should never again come up in your beautiful head ever, ever, ever again. Okay, Sashi? It is not, however, legally a defamation case. It isn't. There is no damage other than the hurt feelings that you feel. But I am here to tell you that that shouldn't matter a whit more to you than it did to the judge who she told it to. The judge looked at the birth certificate and said, what are you talking about? This is completely legit, and we're done with that issue. And you remain a listed heir. So who's your daddy? George, that is your daddy. That is that. I don't care how many times she bobbleheads. She isn't God. She doesn't get to change that fact. Do you understand? Okay. However, because my hands are tied by the law, this doesn't a defamation case make. This is her claiming to have seen something and telling the judge something about it and then her being completely whacked down within seconds after you handed the birth certificate. There are no damages for defamation in that kind of a scenario. I'm ruling in favor of the defendant, but there's one really important thing here. Who's your father, Sashi? George. And that is that. That's not made up. That's real, okay? Good luck, folks. They know they're coming. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Sasha, I thought you and I was all right. When you come down and got the no. you throw your hand about it. So the plaintiff has failed in her defamation lawsuit against the defendant. She does not get $5,000 from her. But uh, this mm -hmm. is very interesting. Let's talk to the defendants first. Betty, the judge, in effect, told you to pipe down. Don't say this about her father, who her father no. is, anymore. Okay? Yeah, you think you can do it. that? I'm done with it. All right. You're done with it. What about... Yes. Uh, will you continue to have a relationship at all with, uh, she, with uh, Sachi or not? She don't want a relationship with me. She the one brought that up. I didn't. Okay. All right. Sachi, let me talk to you. Uh, this is a very emotional case for you, I understand. Uh, but in any event, you can't prevail. Sure. But uh, the judge reemphasized who your father was. You heard that. No question, right? Yes, I did. Yes, yes. That should make you feel, feel good. Yeah, I it does. It makes you feel good. All right, well, let's hope this brings this issue to a close once and for all. You think it will? What do you think? It will. Good for you. Okay. So, Doug, in defamation cases, you need to prove two things. One, that the statement is false, that causes scorn and ridicule in the community or people around you. And secondly, you have to prove damages. In this case, you couldn't prove that anything was false. And that is the baseline for suing for defamation. I've lived in my townhouse for nine years. The last three years, I've asked the landlord to replace the carpets. She tells me sure and that she'll get back to me. I'm not pushy, so I just wait and another year goes by. Can I just replace the carpets already and take it out of the rent? Well, first of all, the squeaky wheel gets greased. Right. So, frankly, you should be speaking up. If I have a tenant for nine years and I want to keep them and they're a good tenant, 
You know, Take care they of them. ask for something so minor right. as that after nine years, right. I and would frankly, do it for them. Carpets should be replaced every seven years or oh, so. I don't anyway. know about that. It just depends on the carpet, the quality yeah. of the carpet, the you know what is done to. Whether you have a dog but, in there. But the question is, can I withhold it from the rent? And the answer to that is probably going to be a resounding no. Right. Because the things that you can withhold from rent are safety issues, uh, things that affect habitability, your right. peaceful enjoyment of the place. In other words, the lock is broken, the landlord won't fix it. Fix it yourself. Dangerous. Not livable it's dangerous. It, right? a, a, you know, a, your house is broken into. The landlord won't won't fix the window. You know, right. it's been uh, bashed. Right. You know, fix it yourself. Deduct right. it from there. There's no heat. Right. Fix the heater yourself. Deduct it from there. But dingy carpeting right. is not ha a habitability yeah. question. You deduct. Uh, you you replace that at your own risk. Yeah, about you're not going to be able to deduct rent. it from the rent. But Probably you know, not. frankly, just speak up. Communication goes a long way. It sounds Absolutely. like you don't communicate much. Just tell them, right. hey. I'm out unless you replace the carpets. I've been here nine years. You right. do this. And they don't want to have to get a new tenant as no. long as you've been paying rent and no. they like you and, the, right. you, know, you know, they'll probably do it. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is the plaintiff, Boyd Spurley. He says the defendant bought a cord of wood from him and then tried to return it because he said it didn't burn and it smoked up his whole house. When he asked the defendant about his fireplace, the guy got defensive and didn't want to answer his questions. Bottom line, he doesn't take wood back. The guy stopped payment on him and he's here suing him for the $350. He says he's rightfully owed. This is the defendant, Chokri Smeary. He says the plaintiff advertised seasoned, dried wood for sale. And when he tried to light it up, he couldn't. When he complained, the plaintiff told him the wood was best suited for a furnace, so he should split the logs up and they'd fit better in his fireplace. Huh? He's not paying this guy a penny and wants him to pick up the cord of useless logs from his house. He's accused of burning up a wood guy. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff claims that the defendant owes him money for firewood he sold him. But the defendant says he was ripped off by the plaintiff because the guy sold him firewood that was fresh cut and too moist to burn. It's the case of coulda, woulda, shoulda. Thank you, Douglas. You're okay, Mr. Spurley, you sold Mr. Smeary um, some wood for $310, correct? 
Yes. And in the advertisement, you advertised this as what kind of wood? It was a variety of hardwoods. It was 16 inches long, about eight inches wide, and about four to six inches in depth. Okay. And delivery, $310. Well, delivery, the, house. The, the wood and its delivery was $310, right? Correct. So you go to his house, you deliver the wood, and he pays you by check. So you accepted his check, and uh, this the sale happens on what day? Saturday, uh, the 4th, I believe. December okay. December 4th. And when did he contact you and say, I've stopped payment on the check? Because apparently he stopped payment on the check. When did he contact you? I believe Tuesday. Okay, so you hadn't cashed a check yet? No. All right. Well, what was wrong with it, Mr. Samiri? Why did you want your money back? The wood uh, wasn't, uh, as he said, it was uh, moist. It, 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 usually wood should have uh, low moisture content to, to, to burn. This wood was wet. He, in his advertisement, he said the wood was seasoned and ready to use. Seasoned and dry. Was, and according to you, yes. it wasn't. Because, and it wasn't. how did you know that it wasn't? What was happening? Because it won't, it won't light up. Okay. It won't. Did you take a video of that so that I can see it not lighting up? I, I, no, I did not. So tell me what happens. You text him and what do you tell him? I told him that his wood is no good and I'm willing to, uh, I want him to take it back and I'm willing to pay him $100 for his trouble. Okay. And, and he says? He, he, he kept going back and forth uh, saying yes, no, yes. And then uh, he said I would have to pay him a hundred dollars plus the check and give him his wood back. And plus you'd be out $410 and you'd have no wood. I yes. stopped pay. He tells you on December 7th, I stopped payment on the check. It cost me $35 to do that. And your wood will be on the curb. You can pick it up at any time. He says, there's nothing wrong with my wood. I don't give refunds. Did you order something other than what you thought you were getting? Firewood for a wood burning furnace is what you got. Well, did you advertise it as firewood for a wood-burning furnace? Well, anybody who looks at firewood and looks at the ad would realize this is wood is large in size and that they do not fit well in a fireplace. Fireplace wood, you need a smaller uh, size of wood. What size wood do you need in a fireplace? Okay, it, you, you would like to go to about a size six inch at the widest and four, and you could go with the 16 inches long. Well, this was 16 this. by four by eight. So you're saying two inches of width was stopping it from being able to be burned well, in a you fireplace? Well, I'm not saying you can't burn whatever you wish in your fireplace, but I'm saying it don't work in that type of fireplace, this type of wood. Why not though? You know? If it's 16 it's by eight by four, it should. The thing is, a lot of these pieces aren't 16 by 8 by 4, are they? Some of them are big old chunks like this, bigger than 8 inches. Right. So um, I'm look, let's look at your ad. What did your ad say? Mixed hardwoods, two years seasoned, truckload is a cord, si approximately 16 by 8 by 4. Now, what he's saying is it doesn't even burn. You're saying it, it doesn't burn and you want him to pick it up because it doesn't burn. Where's the wood now, I'm curious? It's on my curb since the day because I called them and I told them uh, the wood is in, in the, on the curb because I need to make room 
for the new stuff that I'm buying. So I had to buy new wood in order to... So what's know, been happening to it since December? It's sitting there. Okay. Uh, why do you suppose he would want to uh, get his money back if the wood was burning? I mean, he does say in his text that it won't burn. The size is not the problem. The wood is not dry enough. That's what the problem is. That's what he says. He doesn't say it's too big for my fireplace. He says it won't burn. Welcome back to the People's Court. The defendant says the plaintiff sold him firewood uh, that was too big for a normal fireplace and wouldn't burn to boot. But the plaintiff says he told the defendant that this wood was best suited for a furnace before he sold it to him. So he needs to pay up. Let's see what the judge thinks. I can't tell you why he, it won't burn. Firewood for a wood-burning furnace is what you got. And by the way, your, your ad doesn't say that. It just says firewood. Okay, y your ad said wood is seasoned and dry. Sorry, but it is not. If the wood burned properly, then why would he not want it? I mean, he had to order new wood from someone else, you know? So he needed wood. And if you say, well, Judge, he's lying, it burns properly, it's just that it's not the right size for fireplaces, well, then why didn't you say that in the ad? It can't be used in a fireplace. It has to be used in a wood-burning stove. If you say most pieces are 16 by 8 by 4, that sounds just mighty fine for a fireplace, right? So I'm not sure, I'm not sure where the disconnect is, but um, Mr. Smeary, do you have any evidence that the wood doesn't burn, other than the fact that I see that you buy wood from another source right afterwards. That's my only evidence. Uh, I, uh, I, don't, I didn't take any pictures of the wood not burning, but it's not burning. It's, it's wet. It's damp wet. And your, your text to him is, is three days after he drops it off, saying this yes. is no good, it's not burning. Yes. I would, of course, feel better. I, I don't know why it doesn't occur to people to video what they're complaining about without someone telling them to. However, having said that, and of course, that would be what I would prefer, just like I would always prefer written contracts, and I live in a, a Candyland world where proof is, you know, easy. What I'm looking at is him totally willing to pay you the 310 happy he got wood, and within three days saying, what is this? I'm stopping payment. This stuff doesn't burn. I believe him. And if you think, oh, judge, that's not it. It's just that it's not suitable for his fireplace because it's big chunks. It's really for wood-burning stoves, not for a fireplace. Well, then that's false advertising because you shouldn't just advertise it as firewood. Most people would use that for their fireplace. Um, you also advertise it as 16 by 8 by 4, which would be perfectly fine for a fireplace, where I'm looking at the picture of the wood, and there's many, many chunks that do not fit that description as you can see. So uh, I'm going to rule in this case in favor of the defendant. Good luck, folks. By the way, that is your wood if you want to pick it up. If you don't want to pick it up, don't pick it up. But you're going to need to tell us what you want to do. Do you want to pick it up or do you want to just say goodbye? I don't know at this moment. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to give you 72 hours to figure it out. We're going to let you know within 72 hours, Mr. Smeary, so that you know whether you can just get rid of it because it can't just stay there, okay? So within 72 hours, you are gonna contact the court and let us know so that we can make those arrangements. So the judge finds for the defendant in this case, uh, Mr. Spurley, you're not gonna get the $350 you were actually suing for. What's your reaction to the, the outcome of the case? Sir, I have sold several 
loads of wood out of this wood pile. And it, I had never had anybody complain. Okay. All right. Well, you do have, have one, someone who complained. And well, that's the defendant in this case. And it is what who it won is. the case. It is what it is. All right. Sorry about that. You've, you're going to have to decide what to do. Mr. Smerry, good for you. You've, you've prevailed. You stacked all that wood, right? We saw the picture of it dumped on your driveway. You stacked it all up nice and neat? I stacked it, that what yeah, you did? and then I, I, I put it back <laughs> where it was to make room for the new stuff. So I paid, I paid my son $200 to do that. To stack to it. Stack How it, about that? Because that's a lot of work. And then, yeah, to stack it and then to put it back on the curb. And to put it back. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Very interesting dispute. All right, sir. Congratulations. You've prevailed. So, Doug, in this case, pictures were really important. I will say this, that when you can do a demonstration as well and actually shoot video showing what is alleged in the case, either showing that this exists, that it's true, or showing that it's false, those demonstrations can go a long, long way in proving your case. As you become comfortable with the remote format, do you think small claims courts should move to this as the preferred model going forward as it eliminates the need for litigants to travel and also allows litigants to access additional evidence when they're in their homes? What do you think of that? I do think that there's something to be said for the ability to access testimony in a cheaper way for small claims where, you know, it's sometimes it's not worth bringing the case because you're going to have to pay that expert to take the, to close the shop that day to come on in. So in that sense, I think it's much more helpful. And it's good to make court more accessible right. and easier. On the plus side, you get to peek into their houses. Oh, yeah. Right? No, I, I'm talking about regular small claims. On the people's court, <laughs> right. it rocks, you know. Right, right, right. I get to look behind them. I see how they live, you know. <laughs> I draw on fair conclusions. Right. No, I'm just kidding. It opens up a whole new way. No, it really does give, and from our perspective, in our format, it really does give access to everyone, and, and it's been very helpful. This is the plaintiff, Robert Frazier. He says he gave his granddaughter a cell phone, and the defendant stomped on it in a fit of rage and broke it. His granddaughter was heartbroken. The defendant refuses to pay him for the phone he ruined, and he's suing for the $275 he's owed. This is the defendant, Ryan Robinson. He says both his daughters are constantly dropping their cell phones, breaking them. His older daughter did just that with the phone the plaintiff purchased for her. It broke. Now the guy wants him to pay for it? No way. He's accused of getting stomping mad. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case in the docket, the plaintiff bought a cell phone for his granddaughter, says the defendant stomped on it and broke it. But the defendant says his daughter broke the phone by dropping it, as kids do. It's the case of a bad reception. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Mr. Fraser, you are suing Mr. Robinson for $275, a cost of a phone that you gave his daughter that, according to you, he broke. Tell me what happened here. Uh, she said she dropped it, but there's no way she can drop the phone, and it looked like that. So her well, let, her let's back up a second. What's your relationship with his daughter? That's your step granddaughter. Uh, step granddaughter, but okay. I treat it just like I don't say step. I say right. She's I, your granddaughter. Uh, your stepdaughter passed away. Yes. 
I'm sorry about that. And how long ago was that? Almost three years ago. All right. And how is your relationship with Mr. Robinson? Uh, we used to speak, but now he don't. Uh, uh, he don't. Even, we don't even speak. And I, I uh, uh, blocked his number because he used his derogatory language, invite me to certain body parts. So I, I, I can't tolerate that. So I just blocked him. How did, when did things go badly between the two of you? After or before your your stepdaughter passed? Now it, it was it was about a couple months ago. I used to take him uh, uh, grocery shopping for the kids, and he always he didn't he didn't like my wife because he got some kind of resentment. And so all of a sudden, uh, uh, when the kids spend the night. She uh, she told her grandmother, but grandmother said, don't tell us that my dad took it and stomped it. You can see the phone where he got a big print and it's unrepairable. She cannot drop that phone and it be like and it be broken like it's broken. Why can't you just uh, get a new cover for the phone? Uh, they don't do that no more. Uh, I expect them don't do that no more. I would have to pay, for, pay that phone off and get another one. As you can see... How do you know uh, what you just said? Did you ever take the phone in? Yes, I did. I took it. They said it can't repair. It's okay. destroyed. Do you have any of that in writing? No, I don't. So now, Mr. Robinson, what happened with the phone? What's happening here? Like, what's the problem between you and Mr. Frazier? I never stomped on the phone. If I stomped on the phone, it wouldn't look that cracked if you stomp on the phone. Now, they got some type of resentment for me, like, because my fiance passed away. Now, they making it seem like it was my fault that she passed away from what we went through. And we used to go through a lot, but it's nobody's problem to fuck us what we went through. How did she die? She, uh, she, she, she was fine. Like, she woke up the next morning, me and the kids were home. She got up, went to work, had a massive heart attack and died. Oh, my goodness. How old was she? 38. And she had a bad heart. All right. And why do you say that you feel like he's blaming you for that? Because you guys had a rocky relationship? His, his wife, his wife, she always, you know didn't like the fact what we was going through. And, you know, she hated the fact that we always got back together. It's not my fault that she passed away. We were still talking about getting married. We were supposed to get married August 22nd of 2019. And she ended up passing May 26, 2019. And what did you do after so, she passed away? I kept my kids. Well, you should, well who should keep them? Do. Of course you kept your kids. Yeah, she... She she said, you know, this was like back in February of 2019. And what what do you suppose caused the bad blood between you and him a few months ago, though? Because you guys were getting uh, along before that. So. His wife was being disrespectful to me. I got disrespectful back, and that's when he got into it. Okay. Um, what happened to the phone? Because you have to... You're being I, sued exactly about the phone. I imagine you have asked what happened to the phone. Because, you know... I asked her what happened to the phone. She said she dropped it. I don't... I, I have nothing to do with that. She wasn't even here when the phone was broke. Who wasn't here when the phone broke? My daughter. How did the phone break, then? She told me she dropped it. If she, in school. Oh, you meaning she dropped it somewhere else? Yes, she was not here when that phone What evidence broke. do you have that he broke the phone, Mr. Frazier? She told her grandmother. I know, that's what we call hearsay. What do you have is... is I hope not, but no... The child is not going to testify here today, right? I know, that. I know that. She told her grandma, and she told her grandma not to not to tell me. But my wife told me because I I couldn't I couldn't pick. Her. How could she drop the phone and it break and it's unrepairable? There's no way. Well, I don't know uh, how you expect a human to do that kind of damage. It's got to be from a distance. I mean, I don't know. I I don't think any of us can look at the damage and say, listen, I've had a lot of broken phones. I don't know how many phones you've dropped, 
but I drop them like a hot potato. And people in my family yeah. drop them like a hot potato. And it just depends yeah. on what the surface glass hits. If I've dropped them on gravel, you know, and I'm dead. Uh, if I drop them on tile, it might be different. If I have the phone case on them that's the good phone case, you know, I may be okay. If I, have, if I don't have any phone case, it's a catastrophe. If, uh, if I, um, you know, if I have a fashion phone case, it's a catastrophe. So everything just depends. But you've got, I don't see where you have actual evidence that he damaged the phone. You know, you can't just come into court and say someone says that someone told them. That's what we call hearsay. His daughter told, told Right, but do you understand wife. what the concept of hearsay is? I need to hear from the witnesses. My wife, uh, uh, she don't even get involved in right. it. They, she, 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 she get custody through the secretary court, the court. So we just can't get them voluntarily, you know. And then sometimes he get angry and say, well, you can't even get them. It's visitation uh, uh, rights. It's not custody. Yeah. It's visitation, it's visitation rights. rights. He's right about he that. It's visitation rights. He but, tried to take me to court for joint custody, but the judge didn't approve her for it. Right, but the judge did approve visitation. Are you messing with the visitation? Not at all. Yeah. Okay. She don't even want. She don't even be wanting to get my kids half of the time, so I just keep them home with me. She make up stories like, "Oh, I got to work," when she really don't be working. She well, can't you don't know that. Don't them. you? You shouldn't be. T don't tell you. Listen, I don't care what you guys think of each other. I realize that there's a lot of bad blood. You have to understand, she lost her daughter. Okay, so it doesn't matter. You're always going to be the bad guy because she, you're it's a convenient thing for her. You understand? So try to be sympathetic about that. You love your children. Imagine losing one of them. You know, it, that's a hard thing. So I understand if you guys can't get along, that's fine. But but please don't put in the children's head that she doesn't want them, because the more people who love your children, the better off your children are. Right. I don't tell them that. They no, say that okay. themselves. They see that themselves. How are, we're talking about grandpa getting them a phone so he can communicate with them. So, yeah, I think they should be seeing that for themselves. But, um, you know, here, here's the thing. If we can have one common goal, gentlemen, one common goal, it would be for the children to be happy and loved. Right, Mr. Fraser? Yeah. Right, Mr. Robinson? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so let's just try to always keep our eyes on the prize when it comes to that. Mr. Fraser... In order for me to order Mr. Robinson to pay you $275, I would have to find that you have proven to me by a preponderance of the evidence that he, in fact, broke it. You have zero evidence to prove to me that he, in fact, broke it because your entire case is based on what we call hearsay. That's somebody else told me. Yours is double hearsay. Somebody else told me that somebody else told them that doesn't cut it. My verdict in this case is for the defendant. Good luck, folks. Thank you. So the defendant has prevailed in this lawsuit. Uh, the plaintiff is not going to get $275 from him. Mr. Fraser, what do you think of the judge's decision? He did it. He broke the phone. Because I guess the, she was, you know, sometimes girls, he might say, well, she's getting too fast. She ain't doing her chores home. She ain't doing this and that. And so she getting the scratch of the phone, so he took the phone and just broke it. Well, listen, there's no way you could actually prove it, but uh, your, your attempt to get $275 from the phone, phone didn't work. I'm still paying for the phone. Uh, Spectrum offered to give me another phone, you know, and, and I said, well, don't make no sense you get another phone, and the same thing happened. Uh, I, I have to clear this up here. All right. Sorry about it, but that's the judge's decision. Mr. Robinson, uh, just give me your reaction to the judge's verdict. What do you think? 
the judge's verdict was correct because I had nothing to do with that phone breaking at all. It's kind of a shame that you don't have a relationship with uh, the girl's grandfather. Uh, apparently, there is no communication at all, right? True indeed. Well, you got sued, and uh, bottom line is that's 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 the way the case works out. Unfortunately, we can't force you to be friends with uh, with Mr. Fraser. That's about it. True indeed. So, congratulations and uh, good luck to you. Okay. Thank you, sir. Okay. Very good. Doug, we've always said that hearsay is admissible in most small claims court. This is a case that crosses the line. This is double hearsay. At a point, the judge will say, I'll consider some, but when it gets too remote, sorry, Charlie. Who uses more hair products, Judge Marilyn or Judge John? <laughs> more Why, I never. <laughs> Are you saying I use hair products? <laughs> When I met I, you, you had never blow-dried blow your hair. I didn't ever. even own a blow-dryer. And everyone at the U.S. Attorney's Office was needling you because I got right. you to blow-dry your hair. Right, because before I, I looked like Pee Wee Herman. It just slick it over or whatever right, right. all the time. Y yep, yep. Well, you know, you still give me a lot of grief about not taking care of my hair. I'll, every time I take a shower, I'll, I'll get out and go, did you condition your hair? And I'm like, Condition? Oh. I washed it with soap. Right. You know? <laughs> I took a bar of soap and I rubbed it through there. Uh, but, you know, I... I Something like 80% of men now use hair products, you know, some kind of gel or um, pomade, wax. Pomade. Yeah, I know. It's a great word, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Almost as good as what you actually call that gunky pudding. What do I call it? Dippity-doo. That's right. It's a throwback from the 50s. <laughs> right. You know, they still make dippity-doo. You can no buy kidding. it at, like, Walmart. Yeah, they, they have it. And they have dippity-doo for men. Really? So, yeah, yeah. So go out there and get me some. Yeah, no. Birthday, no. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.